My name is Jonathan Huffnagel. I'm the founder of Dash. We created the Dash podcast to hear from the game day digital auctioneers from around the world of sports. We'll share their ideas, best practices, and success stories so that you can learn from the best and apply their practices to your sports team. For those of you who may not know, Dash is the only digital auction platform built specifically for professional sports teams and their fans. I started Dash after working for FC Dallas at Major League Soccer and noting the struggles of our team's charitable foundation director. We hope you take a lot from this podcast. Everyone, welcome back to another Dash podcast. We have another awesome guest with us today, Kevin Bartle. Kevin is the Vice President of Communications and Marketing with the American Hockey League's Bakersfield Condors. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Thanks. That's uh, an introduction I didn't need. I, you're setting the bar awfully high here. Well, you're, you're number two on the front office list, so I have to. <laughs> I have to. I guess so, yeah. You are our, you're our best reference, sir. Everyone's going to be calling you for tips and tricks and ideas after this. That's great. Well, so I, I do want to preface things by saying that you're not talking to the most tech-savvy person <laughs> or the most digital-savvy person uh, uh, in, pod, in, in Dash podcast history here. So, uh, so don't get carried away or expect too many great things out of me here. Well, thanks. This will probably be the lowest listened-to podcast now. Thanks very much, Kevin. <laughs> We do pay to have these edited. Appreciate it. Money right off the door. You got it. You got it. <laughs> no, we're only messing around. Um, well, Kevin, hey, tell us a little bit about who you are. Maybe share a bit about your sports career and your day-to-day um, so that those that are listening right now can get a good sense of what goes on in your world and apply that to their very own world. Sure. Uh, so uh, Vice President of Communications and Marketing here with the Condors, like you mentioned. Uh, I've been out here in Bakersfield for a long time. Uh, about 15 years. This will be my 16th season. Wow. Uh, I've had a couple of stops along the way. Um, I was in uh, Lowell uh, in the American Hockey League for a couple of seasons. Ended up coming back to Bakersfield um, you know, for the last 11 years or so. Um, I actually started out – I'm from Rochester, New York. I started out as, an, as a PR intern with the Rochester Americans uh, back in the day when I was in college. And uh, in, between, in between worked for – uh, worked for the lacrosse team there in Rochester, the mm-hmm. Nighthawks. Yep. Uh, worked with the Rockford Icehawks. Uh, actually was out there, was fortunate enough to be out there when the team started. We didn't even have a team name at oh, the wow. time. We were playing in the United Hockey League. Uh, spent a season in uh, minor league baseball as well with the in the New York Penn League. Short season A-ball with the Batavia Muck Dogs. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I've been around a little bit. Um but yeah, that's that's my background. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, what's the day to day in your world there in Bakersfield like? Yeah, uh, the communications department has really grown. Uh, you know, we we I was just actually joking yesterday. We have a weekly communications department meeting. It used to be me uh, when I was the broadcaster, um, our PR um, assistant, and the creative services guy, and that was it. And now it's about nine people. We have wow. video people. We have photographers. We have two people in our creative services department. Uh, we have a community relations person. We have an event coordinator. And we have assorted interns that join us, as well as our, our full-time, our director of broadcasting and media relations. So it all kind of somehow 
comes together and, and falls under the communications department. What's been the biggest change? So it, it started out with just you. Now you guys have a full staff there. What's been the biggest change? What's been the need for so many people? Is it that everybody's engaging uh, with the team on different platforms and we just need to be everywhere? What's been the cause yeah. of all that? Uh, well, I mean, the, the change is, is crazy, right? I mean, they're used to there used to basically be just the the revenue uh, generating positions, the sales positions, if you will, and then a couple of people just to straighten up and make sure everything else ran, you know, to someone to send the press releases, someone to do the broadcasts, and, uh, you know, occasionally somebody to update a website, but, you know, everything is so different now, everything is digital, and, uh, you know, we we could have two additional creative services people and still have plenty of work for them to do. Um, you know, there are a lot of teams in the American Hockey League that have bigger digital staffs than we do. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I, li- I like what we're able to accomplish with a relatively small staff. We get creative, um, and it's kind of just all hands on deck all the time. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we pull it together and we make it work and, and, uh, yeah, that's the story. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about some of those creative ideas that you guys have rolled out maybe this past season, um, maybe specifically towards digital engagement, whether that be with fans who are um, attending a game on game day and fans who may not be in the building on game day. Yeah, so, um, you know, part of uh, part of our problem here is we, we do have some handicaps. And it's not that I like to make excuses, but they're honest handicaps. They're they're things that we are not prepared to do, or that we don't have. We just don't have the technology for. Uh, one of those things is that we we have a we had a standard def uh, video system here in our arena. Mm-hmm. So our cameras are all shooting in SD. The video boards in SD. Our online signal is SD, and. Um, you know, we also have connectivity problems in our arena. Uh, so a lot, so some things are, are in the process of being upgraded. The arena's actually invested a lot uh, to get um, a cell signal booster system installed in the arena. And we're just chomping at the bit to be able to try to, you know, use everybody's increased connectivity to, uh, to engage people. You know, mm-hmm. uh, people uh, at times have, have had a hard time um, you know, posting on Twitter or even Instagram or Snapchat in our arena. Well, when this year when we do uh, when we do our Snapchat filters, for example, on the occasional game, you know, we we have a good feeling that you know things like this are going to work. They're going to enhance the experience of everybody. Right. But uh, but taking taking us out of our building is we found a way to maximize. You know some of the assets. Uh, you know when the team's on the road to build to help build our digital brand. Um, and a couple of uh, years ago, we started uh, we started posting highlights from road games up on our up on our feed, and they would be on Twitter, they would be on Facebook. We put them on Instagram now, uh, and we just use a relatively low tech, inexpensive device called a cloner box. And we're able to watch the live stream, and these are nice HD streams that other buildings have that we're jealous of. And we post it, and, and it's amazing the kind of uh, the kind of engagement that we've gotten when the team is not here to help build our digital brand. 
Uh, and when they're on the road, we don't have much to worry about other than, hey, this is a hockey game, check it out. And we've gotten great engagement numbers, uh, great numbers from our affiliate up, or our ownership, I should even say, up in Edmonton. Their fans are engaging with us, seeing what their prospects are doing. And we've been able to do more when the team's on the road to bring the hockey game and the highlights and the great things that are happening here out to the masses. Sure. And so with that engagement that you guys have, what are some of the key metrics that y'all look for? And how do you take that digital engagement that may be happening on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and turn it into revenue for the club? Are you taking those folks and retargeting them for season ticket sales? Are you using your partner brands that are in the community to target those folks for, shoot, let's say uh, the local car dealership, for instance? How do you guys work with that? Yeah, so I I think first we wanted to, uh, so yes to all of that uh, in varying degrees. And uh, on the ticket side, there's a lot of growth there for us that that we have, uh, that we really have yet to activate. But but we are getting there. Uh, One of the other things that we did uh, this year, this past season was our 20th anniversary season. And we we put up a lot of 20th anniversary content that year and we were able to build um, some sponsorship uh, opportunities out of these. Uh, so that would be one way to, uh, to take things on, on their digital platform and, and turn it into revenue. Um, you know, we had a series of, uh, we had a series of online brackets, if you will, where people could register. They would give us their email address. We could notify them when, when the next round started and mm-hmm. things like that. And we've been able to use those, those connections and, and those contacts to, you know, reach back out and, and try to get them involved on, you know, in a mini plan or, or something along those lines. So right. we're doing a lot of that stuff. And, you know, we focused first on providing the content. And, and secondly, it's a, it's kind of almost backwards, but if we got, I felt, I felt like if we got our numbers up to where we wanted them as far as our followers and our connectivity with, with the fan base, then the, then the dollars would come. Right. Then we would have, you know, we could show off our numbers that we have on engagement on Twitter and, and we could use that to, you know, sell a sponsorship or, um, you know, Facebook or any of those types of things. So, yeah, I, I, wa- I wanted first to, to let us in the communications department build up a product uh, and then kind of turn the sales team loose on it. Right. That makes sense. And so how often do you think these partners or prospective community partners are, are knocking on the Condor's door and saying, look, we want to partner with you, but we want X amount of our dollars to go towards digital engagement and X amount of our dollars to go to in-game activations such as dashboards. Do you have you seen a shift in the past several seasons where a lot of these partners are asking to be a part of your Twitter feed, your Facebook feed, your Instagram feed? You know, I wish that I could tell you yes, um, but uh, that being said, we do have some that are that are that are focused on that who do come to us and say, you know, we really like the social media aspect, and a lot of times it's because they're trying to do something and they're trying to build up their brand online, their digital presence. And, uh, for whatever reason, it's not as easy as it is for a hockey team. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, in that way, they're, they're kind of piggybacking off our following and, and trying to, trying to create that engagement. So, um, 
know. It, I haven't seen uh, necessarily a, a, a you know a pull shift in this regards. But yes, in terms of when people do come to us and say that, they're they're usually all in on it. Right, right. And so when you guys plan for the next three, four, five years um, in a digital world, where do you see things going the most? Where do you guys see the most revenue coming from um, as fans are engaging with the Condors um, on their mobile device? You know, I, I think the sky's the limit. And um I, I really also think, and maybe I should preface this, that I think I think going to a game and being a fan five years from now mm-hmm. has the potential to be a completely different experience than what we're dealing with now. Right. Uh, you know, now we're you know we really want people to um, you know download our app, for example, uh, and we'll we'll advertise the Condors app in the arena and. You know, and, and some people are doing that, and some aren't. And there's definitely a spike on game nights when it comes to downloads. But I don't. I, there's not an overwhelming sense that people in the arena are expecting to be engaged through the team's app, mm-hmm. uh, like I would expect them to be five years from now, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. Um, when the technology improves and when you know this building is completely wired and the whole city is wired in five years like who knows what this place is going to be you know i mean in in five years we could be you know uh, you know people could be expecting and really like an augmented reality experience just being at a game and not just being at a game and watching guys skate around but you know, really being able to dive into things and, and see camera angles on their phones that, that, you know, that would add to their experience as a fan or watch replays right there in their seats all the time or live cameras somewhere in the game action. Maybe it's a live camera in the penalty box that they could just tune into whenever they wanted, whenever a guy's in the box. Right. So who knows? I, I really think that I really think that five years from now we could be looking at a totally different experience coming to a game. Sure. And you know, I've I've got the Condors app on my phone and I'm I'm always getting updates. When I get them, I click on them, I go in, I check things out. I'm staying up to date with you guys. Um the app is starting to become like the sounding board for these teams, right? And it's four or five years ago, everyone was thinking, you know, we've got to have an app because everybody has an app. But what was happening is that a lot of these teams were regurgitating uh, what was on their website and putting it into their mobile app. And they had no engagement from fans because fans would just go to their to, to the website that was mobile optimized on their iPhone Safari. How are you guys separating what's going on inside your app as opposed to what's going on on your website so that you can drive those downloads, drive those engagements that you don't even have to tell fans to go to the app. They're just going there naturally on game days in Bakersfield. Yeah, that's, I I mean, I think that's the magic question, right? Is, is, you know, how do you, how to utilize this technology? And, you know, it's one of the reasons why our, you know, why our department has grown so much over the last five years is that there is a need for that and um, you know working on that and and learning how to learning how to use that as a real tool and not just another way to get news out mm-hmm. which is which has almost been our primary uh, function after we got it set up was being able to send 
you know, news alerts and, and game alerts and everything right to people. Well, if you're at the game, you already know, like, you know who scored and you, you know what the score was at the end of the period. So what kinds of things can we do um, to let people know uh, what information is out there? Maybe we could, maybe the app alert that we sent out at the end of the first period is, it's one nothing. Here was our top five photos from the game. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's something like that, and you know, maybe there's other technology um, that we can use to connect the video board uh, to that app, and and you know, post your own pictures of the game on our app, and then we can throw that up on the board and, and kind of use it as a social media tool as well. So right. I say maybe. I mean, all this stuff is out there. If we can just figure out how to get our hands on it and figure out the time and the staffing necessary to make sure that this stuff gets done. Sure. No, that makes sense. And what's interesting and very unique about the app and our relationship with the Condors is that you guys have put Dash inside of your mobile app um, for your auctions. Can you share a little bit more about that? Maybe even share some of the history of Condors auctions and you know, when they were pen and paper and when you decided to make the transition to go digital and when you decided that, yep, this is a no-brainer, we need to put this in our Condors app to, to drive fans here. Talk sure. us through a little bit of, of that. Yeah, well, and first, I, I really appreciate, you know, Dash's uh, ability to be able to do that and not just solely work through the Dash app because, like I said, connectivity um, can be an issue uh you know, in our building. So we thought, you know, if people have our app already, that's great. They don't have to, they don't have to uh, download a completely separate app to be able to do this now. So I think going forward, we certainly want, you know, I think it was important for us early on to say, you know, go to the Condors app if you have it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, honestly, almost for a trust factor, like, what is this strange app I'm downloading? Is it going to be worth my while? But if they have the Condors app and they know the Condors brand and they know it's good, and they can go on and they can look at it and, mm-hmm. and help proceed from there. But once we once we build the brand of Dash and how our Dash auctions are going, I think that'll I think our reliance on that will will decrease. Right. No. Um, but. We actually have a. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say those are super valid points that we hear. Um, not always, but from our most savvy auctioneers that go on, the trust factor, being inside the app, keeping people there, keeping them engaged. They see the auction and now they're engaged with other content that lives on there as well. Is huge. Right. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? Once they're on there, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll feel comfortable with it and maybe they'll die. I mean, how many people would look at the ad on the video board and listen to the announcement and just go, ah, that's cool, but I'm just not going to download another app. Like, uh-huh. I, So you're right. So now they're at least in and they see it and, you know, then they'll know that maybe there's more things on there that they'd be interested in. And, um, and then they'll go to the dash. So I, uh, so yeah, that there was a comfort level there that, that we really liked the condors actually have a pretty good uh, digital history of auctions, if you can believe it. I mean, back in, when I first got out here in 2001, you know, team websites were, I sound like a dinosaur, but team websites were so basic. Uh-huh. There was almost no content on there other than like press releases and the roster page and the schedule. Right. And that was like, that was it. And we had... Um, we had, and we had been doing for over a year at that point, 
um, online auctions every month. And we would put something up that was, you know, dinner with a coach. And it was a way to keep fans engaged with our website during the off season when news was slow. And maybe there was a player signing once every two weeks of some guy you've never heard of. Um, so we, so there's actually a pretty good history here of, you know, doing things online before everybody else did. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of got away from that. But this is, this has allowed us to forget about the pen and paper or on the table on the concourse thing and try to collect some data and, and let people know what's going on and send them alerts. I love the alerts. Hey, this auction is ending. Go back now and check it out. It's great. That's awesome. So when you guys are hosting these digital auctions, what would you say is most important for you? And we'll wrap this thing up here. Uh, is it is it revenue for these items or is it the data capture on these fans that you then go take that data, segment those fans, retarget them to sell them something else? What's most important? I think right now it's it's the revenue from the items. And, uh, and I think that just kind of, and maybe it's because I'm not, like I'm not, a sale, I'm not, sales is not my primary function. Uh-huh. My primary function is to try to build our brand uh, and build the experience. And for me, getting revenue in to our community foundation uh, only will help us in the long run get more money out into the community. All that money just goes right through our foundation back into the community. So I want to do that. I want to do that for our community, for our foundation. I want to have big numbers. And right from our first Dash auction, uh, we were matching or exceeding uh, the numbers that were typical for a silent auction on the concourse, pen and paper style. And um, I expect that to grow. And we've done some other things on there, like we had goal pucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when a goal was scored, the linesman would actually take the puck out of the net, deliver it straight to our off-ice officials. They would label it. And within a couple of days, we would have pucks up online on Dash. And they were, I mean, this is such a simple idea, right? It's just a puck. It's a game puck. It's a goal puck. Now, hey, it's pretty cool. But we were getting about $25 on the average for these going into our foundation. It's just a puck. Um, And, uh, you know, so I really like it. And I think that there's a, I think there's potential to do a lot more things with it. And, um and have some fun with it, really. Sure, sure. So last question here, Kevin. We'll let you get back to your day. For those who have not fully gone in digital auctions, and they may be just tipping their toes into the water here, what are those one, two, maybe even three check boxes that they need to check to ensure that their auctions, when they go digital, are successful, not only for them, but for their fan base, and it stays fun for everyone and it stays fresh? What would you say? That's a good one. Um, you know, I think for every team, it's going to be a little different. Um, you know, we're we're all uh, strapped for for time and resources here. So, you know, for me, and and maybe especially, and and not not to make this about Dash, but to me, we were doing auctions on eBay, and um, you know, I love eBay. Who doesn't love eBay? But I hated posting our stuff on eBay. Like it took. So so much time um, that I, I think the realization here that there are things that you can do and that it's easy 
um, with your platform uh, to be able to put something up. I the first first time I used it, we put uh, we put seven jerseys up, and it probably took me the same amount of time as it did to post one uh, jersey up on eBay, uh, checking off their hundred boxes and filling in you know fields and stuff like that. Like just just do it. Just put some stuff up. See what the reaction is. Uh, I mean, we get bids now. Uh, you know, our our ECHL affiliate in Wichita. We're fortunate enough that they also participate in Dash, uh-huh. uh, so their fan base is engaged on that platform. And we haven't done a single auction on Dash where we haven't had a winner come from the Wichita Thunder fan base. That's fantastic. Uh, so, so it's pretty cool to have that engagement with our ECHL affiliate as well. Nice, nice. Well, Kevin, thanks for the time. For those of you who are tuning in late, we've spoken with Kevin Bartle, the Vice President of Communications and Marketing with the Bakersfield Condors. Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to many more auctions on Dash and another successful Condor season upcoming. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Likewise. Dash fans, again, and as always, thank you for listening to another Dash podcast. We hope you've taken some good notes and look forward to seeing them in your auction playbook this season. If you're thinking about taking your team's auctions digital and want to talk about it, you can get a hold of us at email team at dashapp.io. Until next time, Dash fans, don't forget, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Now go out there and make it a great day. Thank you.